Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Shelf Games Podcast, uh, the Shelf Games Podcast Live. Second time we are doing this, uh, and we are here for the week of August 3rd, and this is episode number 141. And of course, Shelf Games is your lighthearted look at the games of today and the ones uh, still on the shelf. I'm your host, John, and joining me this week live via the internet are my fantastic co-hosts. Uh, we have uh, the same guy from last week, David from Relic. <laughs> Damn. That's me. Just the same, same old guy. Same, same old, old guy. I'm still here. <laughs> Hanging out. Hanging around. Uh, and of course, joining us, uh, one of my favorite co-hosts, uh, wow. Steel Series just Copy. On David today. <laughs> Holy God. <laughs> just I'm just David's just still old here. Still oh, here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, copy manager for Steel Series, Megan. How are you, Megan? Hi, I'm doing well. Doing well. Glad to be on the show. Glad we're live. This is exciting. Yeah. Um, way more, way less work for me on the back end. Mm. So uh, happy to do this live. So, uh, folks, if you are tuning in, uh, as always, feel free to jump in with any questions or topic suggestions uh, or just comments on, on what we're getting into. Um, we might not get to your question right away, but know that we will see it. Um, so, how's everyone doing? Uh, Megan, how's how's life in Chicago? It's good. You know, we're living through a pandemic, so that's fun. <laughs> um, honestly, though, for like for myself as an introvert, it's kind of a dream. Like, I know it's really <laughs> difficult for a lot of people in this country yeah. right now, but for me, the thought of like not going out and having a really good reason to not go out, except for like grocery shopping once in a while, is it's amazing. Honestly, I have a dog and I buy food and it's wonderful and there's no pressure to go do things. So that's, that's totally fair. Hanging in there while we're, uh, you know, crashing and burning as a country during a pandemic. So, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, David, what, what about you? How's, how is life? How is, uh, I, I what I really want to ask is how is the secret game that you're working on that we're definitely going to pry the title out of Ooh. you or at least the genre or something. God, I want to know. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not going to hear anything from me. Can uh, you hear the squeaking? We can't hear the squeak toy. I heard the squeak. I love it. Leave it. That's, Leave the squeak. That's Garrus, by the way. If anybody's wondering, hey, Garrus. He's censored. He's just, he's, yeah, he is he's censored because you have the blurred it over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you have the blurred oh, background, he? oh, so he's right, censored. He's <laughs> the this big dog. blonde blob there. Just, just this, Garrus, this yes. dog is not safe for work. just whipping his toy around um anyway that's like most of it is dealing with (laughs) with with new puppy garris yeah um which is yeah i mean it's he's gonna be in for a huge shock whenever we like actually go back to work because he's only lived in a in a covid world right Mm. so he's just been home with us all the time he's never had to stay in his kennel like you know throughout the day like he would normally when we go to work so right um so that's gonna be that's gonna be a shock for him he's a real powder too so that's gonna that's gonna oh, be his just, state for a while just, whenever just lay, we go back to work laying the guilt trip on as, as thick as he can yes absolutely <laughs> Um, anyways, folks, we're here to do a podcast about video games. So let's get into it. Let's talk about some of the news of the week. So first things first, uh, Beyond Good and Evil uh, just had a movie deal announced with Netflix. And this is going to be coming to us from uh, director Rob Letterman, who uh, is most famous for Detective Pikachu, uh, which is from the Pokemon universe. Why did you say it like that, though? Because I don't play Pokemon. You know me. <laughs> I'm a square. 
Um, anyways, uh, quote from Ubisoft, uh, quote, we are excited to work uh, with Netflix on the Beyond Good and Evil feature film, and we look forward to sharing more in the future. And this reportedly will be a hybrid live action and animated feature. Um, so I think most notably, uh, 2017, they announced the sequel to Beyond Good and Evil, Beyond Good and Evil 2. We saw a bit of a concept trailer or CGI trailer, but we haven't heard a peep uh, out of Ubisoft about Beyond Good and Evil 2 since then. Uh, I don't know. Are either of you big Beyond Good and Evil fans? I don't know. A lot, lot of crickets. Heard, <laughs> I have never heard of Beyond Good and Evil. So I'm, I'm lost here, but I'm excited because Detective Pikachu. That is true. David? I, I've heard of it at least. I've never mm. played it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I uh, from what I know of it, like that seems like a good mix. I mean, like there is this, like there is this mix of like in in that universe of human characters and these sort of like animals. anthropomorphized yeah. animals. So like that, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I, I think like like I don't know. I like Detective Pikachu. It was it was kind of just like a fun, weird little movie, and yeah. and yeah. So I don't know. It it definitely seems like. Um, I guess, like, from what I know of Beyond Good and Evil, like, it, it's kind of like this crew, this all, almost, like, if you wanted to make it, like, an ensemble cast kind of thing of, of like, wacky characters kind of going on adventures on a ship. Mm-hmm. I'm sure right. real fans of the series are going to really hate that description, and it's <laughs> probably not accurate at all, but, like, that's what it strikes me as, so, like, I almost got, like, a... Like a Firefly, maybe, sort right. of weird vibe. Yeah. Firefly, but, like, with, with like, a, a pig animals. person. yeah kind of in there yeah so like if, if that's kind of what it ends up being close to like i don't know i'm into that that sounds fun for sure um but enough with this uh t for teens movies type of nonsense what we really care about here is the fact that splinter cell is getting an anime adaptation on netflix damn um so another big uh movie deal from ubisoft with netflix uh so this is going to be targeted toward a quote adult audience um, <laughs> I missed I imagine, that it was anime in this article that you yeah, said. Yeah, so this is coming from writer uh, Derek Colstead, uh, who is one of the co-creators of the John Wick franchise. Um, oh. And sorry, this isn't going to be a movie. This is actually going to be a two-season, 16-episode show. Um, so uh, they're, they're, I, it, it feels like they're more leaning in towards like the Castlevania Netflix mm-hmm. series. Absolutely. Uh, did did either of you check that out? I, I've been meaning to, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, that uh, was super good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just watched it maybe I don't know a few months ago. Um, I was super impressed. I've of course never really played Castlevania, but the show itself, just as a standalone show, I thought was fantastic. Thanks. Um, so yeah, it's like I definitely got um, Castlevania vibes from this, hearing that it's an anime. So super high hopes again i've never played splinter cell but i would absolutely watch this anime <laughs> yeah i'm a sucker for splinter cell uh david mm. you and i have talked at length about tom clancy uh problematic fave tom clancy <laughs> <laughs> yes um <laughs> i mean yeah i don't know like i i definitely like uh the splinter cell series in general um You've got co-creator of the John Wick franchise. It's going to be an anime. It's going to be um, a series instead of a movie, which I think is like always kind of yeah. better for video game adaptations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just in general, if it's kind of little, a little bit more long form, like a video game would be. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm kind of 
we're more hyped for this than I kind of thought I would be. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm into it. And if this works out, maybe they'll do maybe they'll do a Rainbow Six anime oh, because as we all know, God, that would be cool. Rainbow Six Siege is pretty much an anime already. So <laughs> they just need storylines. Yeah. Characters oh man, so. okay, be Mr. Tachanka. There you go. So good. Oh, do you, do, do you remember that? Um, uh, Rainbow Six anime intro that a fan made that was going around like last year or the year before. <laughs> he, made, oh, he made a bunch of them. I yeah. definitely have that song that is in that trailer in my playlist. <laughs> it's a really good song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty great. Um, anyways, let's uh, move on to the next story here. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard of this Star Citizen game, but we, we have definitely uh, talked about it quite a bit on the show in the past. And usually... Uh, when we are talking about this this game and its development, we kind of go, "What the fuck is up with Star Citizen?" <laughs> <laughs> um, and and this piece from uh, Luke Plunkett over at Kotaku uh, really uh, kind of dives into that question. Um, and the reason this has sort of uh, come up in the news as of late um, is uh, it, it sort of stems around uh, another aspect of the game. Because they keep like branching it off into like, oh, this is going to be a sh- there's going to be like a shooter segment and like a starfighter segment. Uh, but this is about uh, Squadron 42, uh, which is a single player spin off campaign for Star Citizen. So uh, in March, uh, the um, uh, Cloud Imperium Games, the, the, the studio behind uh, this project, uh, released a development roadmap uh, promising, quote, more regular updates on the game saying we found that the format in which we've attempted to visualize our progress linearly <laughs> linearly uh, does not match the approach we're taking in the development of squadron 42 we want to be clear progress on squadron 42 is happening and we're broadly happy with that progress but we know that our roadmap is not reflecting that progress so for those that that don't remember this was a, a project that was crowdfunded and it kept like sort of ballooning as it got more money and just like feature creep, I think started to really kick in. So to date, since they started crowdfunding in 2012, they have, uh, they have funded over $300 million from fans for this project. Um, so that's kind of wild. And basically what they laid out here is like a roadmap for their roadmap. Um, they basically say like, Hey, one, we're going to give an explanation of the goals for our new roadmap. We're going to show a rough mock-up of the proposed roadmap. We're going to share a work in progress version of the roadmap. And then finally transition to the new roadmap. So a roadmap for a roadmap. Are they taking donations to fund the roadmap? That's the real question. Can I, can I crowdfund the creation of a roadmap? Yeah. So creation of a roadmap to the roadmap. I'm sorry. So so this is just like an ongoing saga of like, this game is never going to come out. People keep dumping money into it and i understand how fans are frustrated because they 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 get like little bits and pieces like oh check out this hangar check out check out this one playable section but like the game hasn't come out yet and it's been a very very long development time and i think that's one of the dangers with with crowdfunding and feature creep but i i almost feel like their 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 vision was was much uh you know they they bit off more than they could chew essentially is what i'm getting at um David, what, what are I mean, your they, thoughts on Star Citizen? <laughs> they they promised everything in the beginning. It was one of those things where even like even I actually I'm one of these people that contributed to that 300 million, and I have a ship. In I, I we've said it before on the podcast, like I have a ship. 
in a hangar somewhere in the Star <laughs> Citizen universe, my space version of a pickup truck, basically. And um, I don't know. The wildest thing to me about this story is that is the title like Star Citizen fans are increasingly upset that Star Citizen is still being Star Citizen. Like, how have you not felt like I went through the stages of grief over this game a long time ago. Like I'm in acceptance. (laughs) You've accepted that nothing's happening. (laughs) Like if it ever happens, then like, yeah, if it ever happens, then whatever, I guess maybe I'll play it realistically. Probably not. Like, I don't know. It's one of these things like with crowdfunding, there was always the risk with these early Kickstarters that like you could fund something, but it might not get made. Right. Right. Like that was always the risk is that it could, you know, not actually hit um, its crowdfunding, like its limits or or goals, I mean, or, or whatever. And like there was always that risk. But I think with Star Citizen, it's just this like too big to fail sort of a thing of like if it was any other game if it just hadn't made as much money as it did it would have it would have failed because there's no direction the game is just like yeah we're going to make a game where you do everything from every sci-fi trope in space and it's like well okay let's (laughs) see the feature docs on that i guess and um and they were in crisis engine it like cry engine at some point and then they, like they changed a year like ago, Lumberyard, right? Ago, yeah, they changed to like just completely switched game engines. It's like, okay. <laughs> and now and now like they're at the point where they're like breaking it off into smaller chunks. And yeah, with the Squadron 42, and there's like a first person shooter, like multiplayer game, I think, as well. Um, that they're breaking these chunks off of it to just give people something, but those things aren't even coming out yeah. in, in any reasonable amount of time. It's like, what who is who is upset about this stuff? Who is looking at this being like, they're not going to lie to me this time. <laughs> uh, Megan, did, did you have any interest in star citizen? Like when it was announced or like as they were developing it? Honestly, no, this is kind of the first I'm hearing of it, which is funny to me to hop in at this point because I'm seeing my coworkers react to it. Like I just pulled up a Slack channel where someone had posted this very article yeah, and just everyone's response, like, dear God, just cancel it already. <laughs> the new roadmap is going to be a screen cap from Jira. Um, like, <laughs> it is. It totally I, like, is. It just everyone is in complete disbelief. I don't remember my login. Like, if it ever comes out, I'm just giving up on it for now. I kickstarted it, you know, a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely don't remember my login. Yeah, the, the thing, exactly. The thing is, back then, like, I was a different person right. when this game <laughs> You were came a person like, who wanted to play this game. Like, I don't even know that... I don't even know what email I would have used to log in. It was right, probably like, my university email. Like, that is 100 I, I don't years know. in gaming yeah, terms. Just... Eight years? Like, holy... I don't remember what games I played eight years ago. Like, maybe StarCraft, if that was even out. Right. Um, uh, it's insane, yeah. though, to see the budget on this game. It's like, what, the third most expensive video games to develop. And it's not out. It's not even Like, out, the only yeah. two more expensive games I'm oh. looking at are GTA V and, and COD. And, like... That's I mean, a crazy what is it, what's the, <laughs> what is it even gonna like what does that product look like? What does that launch candidate even look like? Is it just like after all this it seems crazy that it would just be some seventy dollar game that you right? pick up on that, Steam and play for ten out most people just play for ten hours and say, Oh, that was cool and then like you have the small group of people that keep playing like like what 
like like after you, all of this it seems insane that it would be just like another game in your library i yeah, you like, know like, like would, you, would you monetize it like an mmo like would you pay a monthly oh subscription God. for this would, would you do like season passes like w- would it be cosmetic um microtransactions or would it be like practical you know like gameplay type microtransactions because like you're, you're right david and, and and megan i think you were talking about sunk cost earlier like there's just so much time and resources and money that has been dumped into this project that like, I don't know how you put it out and go back to your investors or your Kickstarter mm-hmm. uh, fans and say like, we, we, we did it. Are, are you happy? Here's the return on your investment. Like, I don't know if they're going to get to that point. Well, like, cause think about it this way. Like somebody, if you've been following, if you've been a real fan of this game and like, I, I was kind of making light of it before, but there are some ships you could buy in that game that were like thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like there what? are people who have absolutely spent. Oh, yes. God. Yeah. You can buy like, like these big carrier ships basically that are, uh, I think it was like $1,500 or something like that, or even more. Like I forget the exact prices, but certainly over a thousand dollars. And it would be like this ship that you and your friends could all crew basically. Right. Like it would be, right. it was actually the, funny enough. The experience that they were selling is sea of thieves. They're just like, <laughs> your team of people on your ship and you can like manage things oh, and it's like no. yeah. these actually did that they yeah. released and did it really well and you <laughs> don't have all of yeah. the bells and whistles apparently Jeez. to actually just have a good time it turns out you just want a few levers and knobs to mess with while you're on a ship with your friends that's mostly what you want yeah, yeah um, sure. um but I- if you've spent thousands of dollars in this game and you've been following it closely, like desperately wanting this game that you invested a decent amount of money in to come out. Like you expect that game to give you eight years at least of entertainment, right? Right. And this game even offer eight years of entertainment after the fact. And like for every year that it keeps going on in development, <laughs> I would just expect it to have a longer and longer tail. Like I couldn't imagine right. spending that much money waiting eight years and then playing it for like a couple months. Right. You know, like that would be, that'd be insane, but uh, here we are. Promise is <laughs> too big at this point. Like I, I yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be eagerly anticipating the next story like this, where it's just like, can you believe what's happening with star citizen now? Um, because, <laughs> no. because I, yes, I feel like, I can't I, believe I feel like every year or like twice a year, we have to have one of these stories. Mm. Um, anyways, let's let's get to the last sort of quick quick piece of news before that we jump. Was the other skate? Yeah, yeah. Uh, last last quick piece of news before we get into our uh, main topic. Uh, but Riot Games, maker of of League of Legends, kind of stepped in it last week. Um, so Riot announced a major deal, um, and uh, excuse me, so, sorry, it wasn't just Riot. It was two large European esports brands. It was Counter Strike Global Offensive. Uh, organizer, or sorry, tour- tournament organizer, Blast Premier, and Riot's um, uh, European Championship Division. Uh, so both of these these orgs announced a sponsorship deal with NEOM or NEOM, uh, which is the wildest thing. It's a five hundred billion dollar techno city funded by the Saudi Arabian Crown Prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman. Um, and. <sighs> So first off, that city is a wild story into and of itself. It is just like, <laughs> hey, let's just build a future mega city where people have flying cars and like well, like a fake moon and stuff. And like we're, we're going to dump $500 billion into it to, to create it. Don't uh, so forget that, Robo Maids and Robo Cage Fights. Thank you. I can't forget the, the robo, game or? robot cage fights. <laughs> um, so anyway, anyways, all of that was wild. 
But that same day, when they made that announcement, there was a huge blowback from not just the League of Legends community, but just the esports community in general, the gaming community in general. And more importantly, like key people at Riot Games themselves, the developers, the designers, the artists, people on the ground making League of Legends what it is, were furious uh, about this announcement. So, so what it sounded like to me was the esports division, the marketing division making a deal because, you know, Saudi Arabia has a lot of money and uh, not talking to the rest of the organization. So long story short, there was a ton of blowback. Uh, a, a lot of people citing Saudi Arabia's uh, human rights record, um, you know, the, the alleged uh, assassination of, uh, you know, a journalist, um, all that sort of stuff, the, the civil war in Yemen. Um, and uh, it basically within the day, uh, Riot Games came out and said that they had canceled uh, the deal. Um, I'm going to find the quote from Riot. Uh, so they say, quote, as a company and as a league, we know that it's important to recognize when we make mistakes and quickly work to correct them. After further reflection, while we remain steadfastly committed uh, to all of our players and fans worldwide, including those living in Saudi Arabia and the Middle East, uh, the League European Championship uh, uh, Division uh, has ended its partnership with uh, Neom effective immediately in an effort to expand our esports ecosystem. We move too quickly to cement this partnership and cause rifts in the very community we seek to grow. While we missed our own expectations in this instance, we're committed to re-examining our internal structures to ensure this doesn't happen again. Um, so, I mean, that, that's probably the best statement that they could put out. But again, to me, it reads as one hand not talking to the other in, in that organization. Uh, David, what did you think about this story? Um, yeah, it's just, have, it, it's weird to have a partnership with a country as an esport <laughs> in the first place. That just yeah. seems like a weird, a weird thing to me. And well, I, I think it's technically with like the mega city that they want to build, but like I guess, but there's a lot of inter yeah. weird, yeah. you know, interests, yeah. I guess we'll say there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there, there is some. There's some tweets I saw um, related to this, and it was, you know, in the same in the same uh, like image that they were advertising this uh, partnership with with Neom. You know, they had their pride logo. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like so you're you know, you're connecting these two things that are don't want to be connected with each other for all kinds of very legitimate reasons. And so it's um, I mean, legitimate one way. Not the other way, but um, so it, yeah, it, it just just seemed incredibly tone deaf. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, and and to, to be trying that. So so I think I've, I've talked about this on the show before, but you know, I, I used to work at a defense ma- manufacturer, um, and we what, years ago got a very lucrative uh, contract with Saudi Arabia, and, and I felt a little bit conflicted about that then. Um, and then I've, eventually, I left the company. And now I, I feel even worse about it now because I stayed when I, I strongly felt that I shouldn't have. But I had a lot of people saying like, hey, you know, they're one of NATO's biggest allies in the Middle East. Um, you know, this is, you know, the United States and, and England are, and all of our allies are selling them a lot worse things than what you were making. And right. But, but everybody's then, doing it. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah, but but then like after I left, you know, the civil war in Yemen started. Uh, the weapons that I had actually built with my own two hands were now being used in this civil war, and you know, by they had been like God knows what they were being used for, and and like I have to live with that 
like on my conscious, right? And that is not an easy thing for me to process. Um, and sort of dealing with like the shitty decisions that I made when I was 20. Um, so th- that all being said, I, I, what I, what I guess I'm trying to get at is like, I can see how deals like this happen, but uh, again, with an organization like, like riot, who is very much just like, we are inclusive. We are supporting, you know, LGBTQ folks within our community. Uh, these are our priorities. And then to, to make this deal, I think, they they didn't run this past like their PR team like like because the like I'm a junior associate at my PR firm I would have put my hand up and be like yo this is a bad idea y'all like we cannot do this um but again m- money blinds a lot of folks and, and I think that's that's a clear example of of what happened here uh, I don't know do we have yeah. any other thoughts before we we move on I mean just the fact that it was like the European division I can absolutely see how a regional decision like that was made without you know the larger pr or marketing team for sure um and even of course john i'm sure as you know and probably david too even if that opposition was raised which i'm sure it was from some employees just based on the response on on the day of <laughs> yeah like you know you you've experienced it too it's just there's a lot of that downplaying of like oh yeah people you know we'll get some negativity on day one but whatever by in a week no one will care and it'll be old news and whatever we'll just slip this one by um i mean it's cool to see that they didn't and i'm appreciative that riot immediately said okay we fucked up you know i can respect that in a company and uh and eventually kind of made a smarter decision yeah absolutely um and speaking of smart decisions uh let's talk (laughs) Uh, about uh, this little company called Microsoft. Um, so they had their, their Xbox uh, games showcase, I think uh, last week or the week before David, we talked about it on last week's episode um, yes. and they announced a ton of great uh, or uh, no, I was going to say they, they announced a ton of great games, but like they announced some stuff, they announced some stuff that I was excited for and just a bunch of other things that I'm mildly interested in. Uh, but of course the big standout for the show was Halo Infinite. Um, and since then we have now learned that Halo Infinite's multiplayer is going to be free to play for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that is actually pretty big freaking news. Uh, So Microsoft says, quote, Halo is for everyone. We can confirm Halo Infinite multiplayer will be free to play and will support 120 FPS on Xbox Series Mm -hmm. X uh, because you know we got to get those frames. Um, but, but, But this is also kind of a big deal because Microsoft, at least on the Xbox, has... Uh, almost relied on Xbox Live as a paid service, right? Which is almost uh, for 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 us on this call, like we're predominantly PC players. So the so thinking about like having to pay to play multiplayer games is like very foreign. Um, but that has been a staple of Microsoft's business on the Xbox mm. for what a decade plus. Um, so so I'm I'm very curious about this news. And what its implications for Xbox Live actually is. Because uh, on top of this, Xbox Game Pass has been the service that they've really been pushing. You know, this this sort of Netflix-style subscription service like Pay Us X every month. You have access to all these games uh, and they never go away and you can play them wherever. You know, on your, on your PC, on your Xbox, doesn't matter. You know, just sign up just like Netflix. Forget about it so we keep getting your money. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so so I'm I'm very curious if this announcement about Halo Infinite going uh, free to play for everyone also means the demise of Xbox Live, or at least them rolling that into the Xbox Game Pass service. Um, Megan, what, what do you think about sort of their model as it exists, and like what 
where it could go in, in the next few months. I mean, everyone seems to love Xbox Games Pass. I feel like I only hear good things about it, that it's mm-hmm. a great value. It's a great way to play all these games that you otherwise wouldn't play. So this announcement with Halo kind of seems like another step in that direction. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of abandon this Xbox Live model and really lean into the subscription. Um, with Halo being multiplayer, I see that as just putting a big foot in the door. You know, you want right. people playing Halo and on their Xboxes and with their friends on Xbox, and this is like, this is solidifying it for them. It's guaranteeing that people are going to be on Xbox. They're going to be want to stay on Xbox and try other games with their friends. And of course, you sign up then for a Games Pass. And you hop over to your PC and do the same over on PC. So I'm not surprised. I think it's a good move. Um, Obviously, especially with games nowadays, like free to play is it's it really helps ensure that people are going to be playing your game on day one and and really continue to. For sure. So Uh, I think it's a good move. uh, David, what do you think about uh, this? A, as a Halo fan, B, as uh, someone who worked in uh, mobile games, which was sort of where free-to-play was developed and sort of perfected before it came across to uh, mainstream games. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think you guys said already this is going to be your this is going to be your foot in the door for anybody for anybody who thinks like that this isn't going to be is isn't going to be worth it to you know play Halo or at least try Halo just give it a try it's free yeah why not. And then buy um, everything. Think, like, why Why wouldn't you, honestly, just, like, try out Halo multiplayer? And it's going to be... It, it absolutely supports this thing we've been seeing from Microsoft for the last few years, which is just... They're like, we don't care where you want to play it. We just want you in our environment, right? Like, just come... Just, it's, like, 12 bucks a month. We'll just let you play every game. Like, boom. Like, yep. right off, you know... Like, on launch, I think they're putting all their, like, first-party games on there and some third-party games as well. So, right. like... Mm. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I think it is like 12 bucks a month or something. I, I'm pretty sure that's the price. And so, I mean, you got to play what, like, you know, triple of games are like 70, 80 bucks, right? right. You play two of two of those a year and you've paid Worth for it. it right? right. So, I mean, yeah, it's like, I think the value there is insane. My, um, uh, my wondering is, um, what's the paid part going to be? Um, right. My guess is is it's just going to be like a paid. Um, it, my hope anyway, is that it's just going to be you know an upfront cost to basically unlock the single player. And um, they've kind of talked about it like a soft, um, like a soft reboot of the series. Um, the fact that it's called Infinite in the if you actually watched the reveal trailer, they showed that it was not open world but certainly um i mean like kind of open world it's hard to say from from what they showed but it's more like when you go into a mission um the world is in front of you and you're going to have a few objectives um and you can kind of take those on in whatever sort of order or or however you want of course because the new the new thing just like just like in doom eternal you got to give that boy a grappling hook and so (laughs) they gave him a grappling hook now i can go anywhere yeah um Mm -hmm. And so my the thing I'm wondering is, is if over time what we're going to see is the single player or single player in air quotes here kind of evolve and expand over time. And if we're not going to see like different sections of the Halo unlock 
right? Like maybe over time you're you're going to start like adding on and adding on and adding on, and it's more like this seasonal like single player content that you might be paying for, right. um, which is something I would actually be kind of excited for. Like if you if you could see you know you're out there kind of fighting, it almost. <laughs> It almost made it sound like it was going to be this like sort of perpetual war against the brutes, like the UNSC versus the brutes, and like the UNSC has been crippled majorly in some way, and like everybody's on this halo now, and it's just like a tug of war back and forth all the way up and down the ring, and 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 I wonder if if that's sort of how the single player is going to go. That that would be cool, I think. Um, maybe it's just going to be sixty bucks, and it's like yeah, here's a ten hour single player, and that's it. But you know, right. um, um, let me yeah. run this. Let me run this past you david um 100 master chiefs drop from a pelican <laughs> onto the halo <laughs> ring super great joining oh you guys i actually gotta go um, <laughs> i love it they uh, came out and said the only the only br in halo is the battle rifle oh is what they said. sick burn hey. sick they're burn. putting that's their i mean what they think i think is a mic drop moment it's pretty nerdy <laughs> i appreciated it it was, it was nice um, I, I think uh, for for me the biggest question is, does the Xbox, um, uh, God, so many of these services have like similar names. Does the Xbox Live subscription go away completely, and just multiplayer is free for everyone on Xbox um, or playing those games through PC, or does that get rolled into Game Pass and they essentially force? new adopters of um, the Xbox Series X, the Xbox Series S, uh, sort of force them to, to subscribe to Game Pass so that they can access multiplayer uh, moving forward. I don't know how you would do that. Like, you wouldn't be able to grandfather in the people that are already on Xbox One. So I, I almost think that that's less likely. And, and I, I really feel like this is setting things up to just completely get rid of Xbox Live completely. But... But it's such a cash cow for them. Like, I don't know if, if they could completely abandon it, uh, you know, with without batting an eye. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, can you play? Because you don't need um, you don't technically need Xbox Live to get online, like even without a premium subscription or what they used to call what they used to call gold. Like, I, I, I had Xbox Live in the, the 360 era. <laughs> um so uh and back then it was you know you had a gold subscription you had a silver subscription and the silver one didn't let you play multiplayer games but it let you do everything else Jeez. online and it was free that was the that was the free right. one and so then you paid for gold and that was the thing that let you play multiplayer and, and access some uh some other features as well um but when it comes to i don't know when it, when it comes to games like fortnite on mm-hmm. xbox like can you play fortnite without a gold subscription like is that still the way it works like that you need a gold subscription to do it because i could see a game like fortnite saying i i I don't know what the relationship is there but like i could see them being like hey could we just be free like people can just play it and they're playing here and so that's totally fine you know um yeah i don't know i for some reason i don't see them getting rid of xbox live um like as a as a paid subscription service um, I don't know why. That's just something I feel in my gut. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I, I just I don't see them getting rid of it. It um, I, I think it's just something that people accept. I mean, yeah. maybe I'm not quite like I'm not really tuned into that um, uh, to that 
um, community, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that ecosystem. But I, I think it's just, I think it's just assumed at this point. I mean, by the time, you know, I, by the time you know the 360 had been you know well established in in the world, you know, nobody, everybody just had their subscriptions on auto renew. Nobody thought about like going yep. out and buying. Yeah, for sure. You know, your your new gold subscription. It's just the thing you need in order to connect online with your Xbox. So. Um, part, yeah, part of me feels like you aren't going to see that go away. Maybe they'll bundle it in as part of it. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like live, like Xbox live subscribers get the, get um, free games pass. I think that's yeah, already free a games pass or a discounted sure games bundles. pass. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some kind of, yeah, bundled yeah, option exactly. there, but I mean, if, if nobody's complaining about it and it's still making you tons of money, I don't see <laughs> well, why yeah, you would get, you rid get rid of it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, Especially when they're they're trying to do you know stuff like this, like I, when I, I the game's pass is such huge value, and they're going to try to use Halo as this like major stepping stone to get people in that yeah. environment, you know. So and then all I, your friends uh, are playing Fortnite, so of course you pick up gold because yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, me being Nostradamus and just trying to like predict shit and see what happens because. Is it, Xbox like didn't quote win this console generation, right? Like, like they they stumbled out of the block, and Sony was able to get a really good lead. I, I'm not sure where, where sales are at between the PlayStation Four and Xbox One right now, but I think they they slowly kind of caught up. They 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 spent quite a number of years like really turning that ship around and trying to get back in the good graces of their fans and, and of certain communities. So I can see them taking some pretty big risks to try and quote win this next generation. Like I could see them completely dropping live, and um, you know just saying like multiplayer's free, multiplayer's free. Um, get Game Pass, play your games wherever you want. Don't buy our console. You don't have to. You can play on PC. Um, <laughs> Megan, what, what what do you think about sort of their their strategy today? Do you, do you think like you'll be picking up like uh, more Xbox games? Um, this this next generation, like wh- whether it's like mm. on your PC or you know diving into something like Halo Infinite or, or or even like subscribing to Game Pass yourself. Yeah, on PC, absolutely. Um, I've had the like five dollar PC Game Pass um, for at least a couple of months. Um, just I think for Sea of Thieves, I was doing it for a while. It's every time there's one of those games that you know my friends are playing, and it's like ah, I don't want to buy the whole game. Games Pass has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm totally sold on that model. I think it's wonderful. Just hey, you know, I'll pay five bucks this month, get to play a game. You know, chances are I never touch it again. But for five bucks, that's sure worth it. So. I think it's a good decision on their part. I mean, just lowering that barrier to entry for people like me who would otherwise never touch a lot of these games or ever purchase an Xbox. It's fantastic. So I think casting that wide net is pretty smart uh, of them. And I'm actually, I'm surprised that I don't think there's any real hint of PlayStation doing anything super similar, is it? They're pretty traditional, just buy our console, play our, you know, full price games. Well, I mean, I mean, Microsoft has a bit more of an opportunity in yeah, that realm than, than sure. PS4 does. Yeah, so right. so I mean, if they they're going to sit there and they're just going to say, okay, we didn't win this console war, so we're just going to rope in all of this market that right. we have. We're just going to win the PC market all the same. for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so uh, I think that's kind of it for the news. It'll be interesting to see what what Microsoft ends up doing and how this next generation goes. Uh, but let's talk about some of the games that we're taking off the shelf, some of the stuff that we've been playing lately. And speaking of Halo, David, <laughs> tell, me, t- tell me about Halo. <laughs> um, Halo's great, y'all. Play it. Um, 
wait, wait so, <laughs> so which, Halo, which, which Halo have you been playing recently? For single player, I've been playing Halo 3. Katya and I have been playing through the Halo 3 campaign. Nice. Um, still holds up in a lot of ways. Kind of doesn't hold up in, in some other ways. Had to had to have a, a sad conversation with Katya about, about the history of adding sprint to first-person shooters and how that wasn't a thing back then. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to get back into it. It's a total nostalgia trip. It came out... Halo 3 came out when I was in grade 12, so it was definitely, and we lived within walking distance, or yeah, we lived within walking distance of the high school, so it would just be like, yeah, we're just going to cut class and go play Halo 3. That was like the thing (laughs) that we did. Um, I mean, I never cut class. Um, Kids, never school. Stay in school, school, don't cut class. But if you do, play (laughs) Halo 3. Um, And... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a ton of fun. It's a huge nostalgia trip. When we go on uh, multiplayer, there's a pretty large group of us. Actually, the it's a lot of the group of us who used to play Halo and go to Halo lands, wow. you know, years ago when this was a thing, and now we're just playing it online. Yeah. Um, and, and usually at that point, we just kind of go through, because the Master Chief Collection just has all of them, you know, in playlists, basically. So we'll hop from... You know, Halo One to Halo Two Anniversary to Halo Three to Reach. You know, you're just kind of going all over the place, um, which is just yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. Halo is Halo is a weird game to play by yourself, I find, which is actually why the like Halo multiplayer is going to be free to play. I'm like, that's the best fucking thing they could have done because <laughs> playing Halo by yourself is a weirdly lonely experience, especially when you're thinking <laughs> about like how you used to play with all your friends all the time. Yeah. And then, like, it, it's definitely a game that's that's made to be played with friends. It's, you know, I don't want to, I want to say it's like casual because people take it, you know, like you can take it seriously and, and definitely like work to win, but but it's not as, I don't know, intense is not uh, technical. Maybe I don't know. Like like when I'm comparing it to something like Rainbow Six, where it's like it's about like executing strategies and communication and like understanding the operators and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, it's a little bit easier to get back in the swing of things in Halo right. 3. Like right. it didn't take me long. I, like I hadn't played Halo 3 since, you know, a few years ago when I did like a throwback land and had a bunch of people over and b- played like Halo 3 or something. And like, you know, years later I jumped back into Halo 3. I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I remember this. This is, mm. You can you can get back into it in a way that like you really can't with something like you know Rainbow Six. You take a week off of that and you are just trash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's lots of fun. Awesome. Um, I I also have the Master Chief Collection, but I haven't dug too much into it, so I might have to might have to get back to it and play some Halo. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear something? <laughs> So weird sound. Uh, do, doing this live was a mistake because now you can do weird shit with your cameras. You can't edit like, this out. <laughs> you can't, can't, stop can't me. edit out stuff anymore. What uh, used to be bloopers is now on the show. My editorial pen is, has been taken from me. Uh, David, tell me about The Witcher because it sounds like you've been playing it. Um. So, play. I I started it. I started it this week. That's not true. I started it like two years ago whenever it came out like whenever it first came out i played honest to god like 10 minutes of it like i didn't yeah. even get through the tutorial and I, I don't know why i dropped off but i just like just wasn't feeling it i don't know 
I don't know specifically what it was, but um, like it's a clunky game. Like it, it doesn't feel good when when you first get your hands of. on it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a little it's a little less approachable, I think, like right off the bat. Um, but Kaya recently started um, a playthrough of Skyrim mm-hmm. on the Switch. We got that on Switch. Um, which, by the way, as a tangent, is surreal to watch somebody experience Skyrim for the first time. It's just like, <laughs> oh my god, you don't know anything about this game. That's crazy. Just with years of memes yeah. are at your fingertips now. Um, but uh, um, so, so like, I, I kind of jumped back into Skyrim, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm not really feeling Skyrim because I've played skyrim to death and modded it to death and you know all that kind of stuff and so but i was feeling like i want to just like hang out in like a pseudo medieval fantasy world and just like swing a sword and stuff and i was like i should try the witcher again so i tried it and and so far like this time this time it kind of it kind of hooked it kind of hooked into me like a, a, a little bit better it probably i think the the effect of henry cavill cannot be discounted here um, true. just w- watching the Netflix series, I think kind of like I- interested me because before that I really didn't know or like hadn't played them, hadn't read the books, nothing. And so watching a Netflix series, I think probably opened me up to it a little bit more. I'm like a little bit more interested or, or intrigued by, um, kind of the world and what's going on. Obviously like yeah. now that I've seen the series, when I look at Geralt and the, or Geralt, I'm new to this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just offended. Oh God. Um, but, um, uh, you know, seeing him when I, you know, when I first played, you know, like they, they really just like drop you into the middle of, you know, his life. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know who you are, just man. Just an like, old I, guy. Yeah. Like, like I have no, I have no yeah. connection here, but now that I've, um, what's the sexual oh, energy I'm getting from you, Geralt? It's just so <laughs> intoxicating. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. But uh, uh, now, yeah, I think now I, I'm kind of I'm kind of into it a little bit more. So I uh, yesterday I was playing it a whole bunch. I was actually I was playing The Witcher while also watching uh, friends Taylor and Chris play Warhammer on Tabletop Simulator. Oh jeez, mm-hmm. it was just a lot of just, just a like, lot of fantasy. Lot of, look, it's just a lot of Henry Cavill's interests. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I will not apologize for that. Amazing. Well, well um, I'm, I'm I'm eagerly anticipating you getting further into it, so we can maybe have a bit more of a in depth discussion. I feel like yeah. we talk about it on our game of the year show like every year, so like why not? <laughs> uh, it'll be me. It'll be me gushing about it this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, Megan, tell me about this spiky haired fellow that is on my screen. Uh, with the piercing, Wait, oh. piercing eyes. Uh, I tell we were about talking the- about Warzone. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about uh, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I am finally playing the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I was okay. a big fan of Final Fantasy VII from my childhood. Um, and even I think I replayed it when I was in my like mid-20s, I want to say. Um, very, very hesitantly picked up this game after hearing super mixed reviews. But happy to report that it's pretty fantastic and I'm loving it as a fan of the series. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. I know it's not brand new, but they went a definite, they went a different way with Mm -hmm. it. Uh, Definitely different than what you'd expect from just a nicer looking remake of a game, but I think it totally works. Um, And there's just 
really good attention to detail. The music's all there. It's just, it's solid. I'd say if you're a fan of Final Fantasy VII and you haven't given this a chance, definitely give it, give it a chance. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I've laughed. I've cried. I've, uh, I've yelled at the screen several times. So <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Nice. Uh, so, so you're obviously, uh, I'm pretty sure you've talked on the show before about really digging Final Fantasy fourteen, the, the MMO, which is, mm-hmm. we, we, we've talked about that game quite a bit. It sort of had yeah. a shaky launch. Then they like completely shut it down and like redid everything and relaunched it. Yeah. And it's been extremely successful since. Um, but your, uh, I guess interest or, or fandom in Final Fantasy, d- does that stem back to seven or does that go even further like like what were sort of the games in the final fantasy series that like really hooked you and like because mm. because i know like this is nostalgic for a lot of folks but like i'm wondering right. if there's like like w- w- what is that history from those original games to like where we are now and like what was your sort of journey with that mm, seven was definitely the big one for me i'm not confident it was the first final fantasy game that i really played and liked um, but it was like it was the main one. You know, it's the one I really look back with super fond memories of playing on my first PlayStation that I bought with my own money from the Target down the road. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I think I had played Tactics prior to Seven, um, but I've definitely not played all of them. I know there's a ton of you know nostalgic Final Fantasy games I've never touched. Um, I just played Tactics as a kid. I played Seven and I loved it, but I didn't understand it at all. Um, I played Ten. 13 14 yeah 11 i don't know i've played a random number of final fantasy games um but not a ton but seven's definitely the one that stuck out as like that's what made me like final fantasy mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I wouldn't say like i'm a hardcore fan i've definitely not played more games uh from the series than i have played but it's just the ones that i have played have absolutely gotten me and i've loved everyone especially this one <laughs> Nice, nice. Um, I forgot to pull up a photo for this, uh, but you had on your list here Aghanim's Labyrinth, which is the, uh, <laughs> yes. the, the sort of, I guess, the summer game mode uh, mm. that was introduced to Dota 2. Um, I still haven't tried this, uh, Megan, so I'm a bad Dota player. Um, mm, so, sure. so tell me about the Labyrinth. It's a good... I feel like the community was getting so incredibly restless for waiting for Treasure 2 and the summer game mode, and they finally dropped this Agnum's Labyrinth like a month ago, and it's been wonderful. Um, as far as I can tell, the reception's been super good. It's just it's a fun custom game. It's everything you would kind of want. Um, you beat it once, and then it increases the difficulty that you can play at. So there's like four increasing levels of difficulty. I've been carried through the first two, and I'm working on being carried through the third from our uh, <laughs> old Dota pals, D-Day and Kato and Seth. Amazing. Um, but honestly, it's it's a good game mode. Um, I would encourage you to check it out, but I know it's getting a little late, and you don't play a lot of Dota nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I might have to dip into it and, and see what it, what's what's on offer. Speaking of Valve, uh, I had this idea for a new segment on the show where... It was gonna be a it was gonna be a joke. It was gonna be a running joke because everyone knows like I I loved the original artifact, the Dota two card game from Valve that everyone else hated, but That's I loved your it. Game of the year. It was my game of the year, twenty nineteen, and I stand Ooh. by it. Um, but that being said, uh, I've been trying to get into the two beta since they they're starting to revamp it and re- and they want to relaunch the game. Um, but they hadn't sent me an invite, so the running gag was gonna be. Hey, let's check in. Has John gotten Artifact 2.0 beta invite yet? No, but Valve ruined my joke. They sent me an invite last week. So, wow! <laughs> I heard you talking. 
they heard me talking. Uh, they knew their number one fan wanted a code. Uh, so I will have artifact <laughs> thoughts in the weeks ahead. Once, once I get a chance to spend more time with the game. Uh, but the placeholder art is great. It's like, some has like the original art. Some uh, has like uh, first pass concept art for some of the cards. But a lot of it you can tell is just like some programmer or designer literally went into MS Paint and like a couple different colors like drew some blobs or a few like stick figure <laughs> people. Yeah. Oh, geez. That's how it works. I, I, That's I, how I, it works. I posted yep. some of the, the placeholder arts in the, the Shelve Games discords if, if folks want to check that out. But it is hilarious. Um, anyways. Let's talk Warzone. Um, this is the game I've been obsessed with and playing nothing but uh, the last uh, few weeks, maybe even the last couple of months. Uh, Grumps, you just got into it. Sorry, I just called you Grumps. Yep, People are going to think I'm a jerk and that you're grumpy but, or that's something. That's so mean. How could you call me? Look how happy I am. <laughs> Listen. Wow, you invite us onto your show and then you just... <laughs> you call me your favorite and then you call me Grumpy. <laughs> Uh, for clarification, Megan goes by a lot of online personas. One of them is Grumps, so that is my 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 defense. That's your lie, sure. That's that's my lie. Um, Megan, what what are your early Warzone thoughts? David, I know I know you've been playing into this as well, but Megan, what 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 are your early thoughts as a new player uh, with Call of Duty uh, Warzone? This is basically the first time I've ever played a Call of Duty game. I've mm-hmm. always looked at it like, oh, gross, angry, dirty COD players. Um, yep. You know, I've always been kind of a proud CSGO type person or just not even really into FPSs. Um, so my to summarize how I feel about the game right now is to say that I hate that I love it because it is fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fun. And I hate I hate that I'm saying a COD game's fun and I hate <laughs> that I played it all freaking weekend. And then I just played it for like an hour before we got on here. Yep. Yeah, um, that, is, that is kind of the COD experience, honestly. Mm-hmm. God damn you! Why do I love the sound of hit markers? You've just yeah. got it in it just, my it skull. It scratches an itch that I didn't know I had, but it's who they knew you had it. Yeah, yeah exactly, man. They, I don't even, I can't name what it is. Even it's just fun. It's yeah. the pacing is right. I'm terrible at it, but it's still fun. Like mm. I can just get absolutely wrecked ten times in a row and still feel like I had fun, and I'm improving and. It's just that magic formula they've definitely nailed with this. And the fact, again, that it's free to play, I never would have given it a chance, except for the fact that I was like, all I have to do is press an install button. It's all free. Yeah, absolutely. Might as well try it. Um, I I think I was definitely. games for free. Yes, (laughs) it works. Um, I I was definitely the same way. Like, like I'm probably will be the first person to critique the Call of Duty games and like their narrative and Mm. all the problems that come with that. Uh, but boy, do those folks know how to make a shooting video game, you know, and they're very, very good at it. Um, on top of that, like I was always hesitant about, uh, engaging with the battle Royale genre. I, like I tried PUBG, I tried Fortnite, and I just bounced so hard off of both of those. Um, but I think what, what they were able to do with Warzone is just streamline so many of the systems. Like you don't have to worry yeah. about like weird attachments while you are in the game. Like you can handle all your mm-hmm. loadouts and fancy attachments outside in menus. Um, we can talk about the UI. I know David has serious problems with the <laughs> UI in that game. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so so like you don't have to worry about like, you know, picking up the right scope for your gun. It's just like, oh, which one's better? You can very easily tell this one is uh, orange gun. This one is a purple gun. The orange one is better. I'm going to pick it up. Uh, or or you just have a favorite like, oh, I, I prefer the way that this handles and, and fires uh, over this one. Um, 
just uh, the the I think the biggest thing that got me interested in this and got me to keep playing it is the fact that it is a very forgiving battle royale game. In something like a PUBG, you get shot, you are done. You are out of that match. Um, like over. like wasted. Yeah, yeah, like maybe your friend can pick you up, but like if if you're playing solos or like if your just team gets caught out in a bad place, it's like boom, like that is like 30, 40, 50 minutes of your life that is gone. Um the same can be said for any com- competitive game. I get that. But what what I really think Warzone did well is that they smooth smoothed a lot of those rough edges and you get so many chances to come back. You have the gulag, right? So you die, you get sent to this prison and you're forced to fight 1v1 against someone else. If you win, you get parachuting or you get sent back and you parachute in again. Uh, your teammates can buy you back. Uh, if they save up enough money, if they get collect enough cash, they can buy you back. Um, if you pick up a uh, most wanted contract, you're marked and everyone on the map knows where you are. Uh, but if you survive for three minutes, your entire team comes back. So like, it is very forgiving and, and you have multiple second chances and, and it doesn't, th- those second chances don't necessarily feel like cheap or unfair. Like y- mm. you really have to work for them and earn it. And, and I think that's, that's another aspect of, of why that system doesn't feel sort of cheap, you know? Um, I, I do have serious thoughts about the weapons in the gulag. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm like, it should be pistols only and you should only get mm. like flashbangs. Um, but uh, you know, because I think using sniper rifles in a one v one is kind of dumb, um, <laughs> <laughs> or even automatic weapons. But that's that that's me. Um, but yeah, like I, I just fell into this so hard, and I I I, lit- I literally cannot stop playing. I cannot stop yeah. playing this fucking game, and um, I don't know what it is. I I I just honestly don't know what it is. I, I'm at the point now where if I'm playing solo, I can consistently, maybe not consistently, but I know if I have a play session where I'm by myself, I can get a top ten at least once or twice and that feels so good and it feels so like tense and exciting um and it's also super fun when you're playing with your friends and like those those manic call outs and like just sort of traversing the the terrain together and trying to to, to play st- strategically but then you have those moments of chaos megan we were playing the other day and we were like trying to escape the gas and i was like okay we have to escape there's a helicopter right here let's hop in and fly away and of course, like I, I don't fly the helicopter that much, so I like immediately fly it into a fucking building. But it didn't matter because Megan, you, I think you hit the wrong button, so you I'd actually hopped out. Jumped out <laughs> to the, the crash, and then you and tried then to we pick both me up. Just died. Yeah, we you both just anyway. died to the gas. Anyways, so like there were moments of hilarity like that, and and I think they just have the right systems in that sandbox to allow for for really fun emergent moments like that. Um, David, did I don't I, again UI aside or maybe you want to talk about the ui the ui sucks like there there we go uh but david what what, what are your thoughts on warzone i mean for starters don't make every ui element on your screen translucent gray <laughs> just like as a so hard to as see. a starter when you're a like, new player and you don't know where shit is and it's like <laughs> oh my the, God, whole, the play just... again menu i didn't see that for like five games straight yeah, i didn't know yeah. there was like a play again button over they, there they need they need a, a, a couple extra like blind play test sessions yeah for you sure. know yeah. in the menu <laughs> before anyway that aside um yeah it, it, it's incredibly fun like i've i've uh kind of like you john i um have all the same complaints about battle royales uh, before this, um, honestly, for a time, it was just like the only reason I played PUBG was it was just a good like it was a good game to play 
and chill with your friends because there's so much downtime as you're just like running or driving somewhere that you can yeah. just like chat, <laughs> right? Like there's just a lot just of taking downtime a drive like through the countryside. Yeah. Which doesn't exactly mean, like, kind of implies what riveting gameplay it is sometimes. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, uh, Warzone has such a good. Um, I mean, the level design itself, like the the map itself, is awesome. It has um, these different zones that you know you can be fighting downtown a city, out in the woods, out in these bunkers. You know, this kind of shipment area. Um, of course, Boneyard, always, always Boneyard. <laughs> and, um, um, so, so there's, there's just so much flavor, I think that you can find in the map. And so it's just fun to like be in the map and it, and it feels so full in a way that I think that the other, um, I, I never really played Fortnite. So when I refer to this, I'm just talking about like PUBG basically, but that it always just felt like big open empty maps and the gulag is is an awesome addition the yeah. the all of the abilities all of the ways that you can bring people back in whether by buying them or doing contracts or the gulag or whatever it is it just feels good mm. right like and it's not it doesn't unbalance the game because everybody can do it right it's not something that necessarily like obviously um just like with any game, certain players are going to just be more comfortable doing that stuff. They're just going to be better at those gunfights. They're going to understand the strategy of, of you know, how to handle and how to approach engagements and that sort of stuff. And so they're just going to be better. But everybody feels like they have a chance. Yes. Like, I never feel that bad for losing in the gulag because it's a silly nonsense situation anyways. What even is it? You're just dragged in and forced to murder somebody for sport in a bathroom and then... And then you just teleported back into the world. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. And the people are like in the gallery, and you can throw rocks. It's like, what the fuck is this? It doesn't make (laughs) sense. And like, but then you get this like, there's there's a bunch of layers to that. One, you can it gives you this opportunity to come back. But if two of you die at once, and one of you is in the gallery, you can give callouts to the person who's in in the fight, and like, and that's just it's just more it's more interactions. It's more. yeah. Uh, more like I guess tactical thinking and strategy and just uh, like you feel like you have options when yeah. you go into the game. I have options for how I want to play this. I have any situation I approach, we sit there and like the conversations we have is, what do you want to do? Do we want to go here? Do we want to push? Do we want to you know pop our abilities? Like what's what's the play here? And there's always that conversation that happens, and it's because there are options. You have options for how you can actually approach these different things. And you don't feel so nervous about doing anything. In PUBG, it was always, you just hid. Mm-hmm. Like it, you just hid most of the time because <laughs> if you, if you took a, head. exactly. Yeah. If you took a shot wrong, you were just out. Yeah. Whereas with this, you feel like you can be more aggressive, which is good for everybody because then you're actually playing, you're playing right. against people. You have people running around and being aggressive and, right. and fighting and, and, um, it's not just camping. It's not just hiding out. That is also something you can do because camping is a legitimate strategy. <laughs> but <laughs> um, uh. yeah, it's just one of the you know tools you have in your toolbox of how do I win this game? Yeah, um, and it just feels a lot better for sure. Um, Megan, uh, I, like I, I know you've had a very uh, recent and fiery affair with 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 Warzone, but but do you think it it has the hooks to sort of keep you playing into mm. its fifth season and beyond, like like further into the year? 
I think as long as I keep playing with people, absolutely. Like right. it's, whew, I, it's definitely not a game I see myself playing a year or two years from now. But for the foreseeable next few months, absolutely. Like mm. I'm, I'm finding myself, you know, oh, I should really play Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm paying a monthly subscription for that, and I'm playing seven. I'm really enjoying that, and I just keep coming back to Warzone, which for me is kind of one of the signs that I'll play it at least for the next few months. Um, and again, as long as I have people to play with, that's, that's all I need. Cause yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, well, it's fifth season is going to be dropping this week and I'm sure there's going to be a battle pass that y'all can invest in. <laughs> um, <No. laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely feel the same way. Like, I think, um, I, it's, it's weird. Like, I'm so obsessed with this game to the point that I'm like watching like, like, uh, tutorial videos on like how to rotate better, how to take sniper fights better, how to use certain utility, um, you know, like, uh, just like all, all these, like, like David was saying, there's, there's so many layers of strategy that, that you can engage this game on, uh, that, that feels really rewarding when, when you sort of internalize a lot of that stuff and, and can put it into practice. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to sort of keep at it and to keep playing it. It is just, it's good like popcorn fun when, when you're sort of yeah, like just hopping exactly. on for a bit. Um, and, and like David said, it, it can be fun when you're just like rolling around talking to your friends, whether it's about like your day or about the strategy that you're trying to implement. Um, so very, very uh, hooked right now and, and very excited to see what they end up doing in the coming months. I think my only concern is when the next Call of Duty comes out because it is an annual franchise, what's going to happen to Warzone? They have said they're going to continue to support it, but like what does that look like with this next game that's uh i think it's supposed to be like a cold war era type game like are they right. going to just going to have like a completely different uh battle royale in that or is this going to sort of get rolled into that package i'm very curious to see like mm. what what the actual logistics of that are and like what it what it looks like on on paper mm. um anyways i think that is it for all the video game talk um let's no, get we're not into done now. <laughs> let, let, let's get get into some uh uh, non-gaming recommendations before we let these folks go. So I figure like this will be in, like another two hours that we're going to talk about this shit before, <laughs> before we finish. Uh, David, what, what do you want to uh, recommend to the folks at home this week? I so, so we we're we're doing this so rapidly. I've done like I don't know what to say that's different from last week. I've only played video games. This week. <laughs> nothing I've changed. done nothing other than play video games same, this week. Same answer. Yeah. So my I, I I yesterday really appreciated just like sitting outside for a while with with my dog and just hanging out not in front of a screen. Yeah. And just everybody go go do that. Go yeah. Do that yeah. for a little bit. Just go outside. Just stare at the sky. You don't need you don't need a specific book or show or or anything like that. Just look at a tree <laughs> for a little while. That's it. <laughs> Refocus those eyes. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so can we, can we take it like a quick dog break? Cause I was like, Megan, you, you've got yeah. dog break. in your lap. Dog break. Where's the dog? Hold on. <laughs> Come here, buddy. Come here. Come here. I was yeah, just get, get a dog. For, for those watching, dog after, for those watching after or listening after, like, we saw both dogs right before we started the show, and I was like, "Oh my god, we have to have the dogs on the podcast." <laughs> so sleepy, right? Like he's just like he's just falling into my arms. He's so tired; he doesn't oh want to move. This is amazing. This is the best <laughs> reason to do this live. So Garrett's, Garrett's is just hanging out. He's just hanging out on the oh, deck, kind of I'm watching sorry. the neighborhood. That's what he likes. To do. 
Oh my god, amazing. Akuma's a little, uh, he's a foster wiener dog, a long haired wiener. Um, (laughs) And yeah, honestly, if anyone's in the Chicago area, he, this little guy does need a permanent home. Oh, there you go. Wonderful little friend. Look at, he just, he doesn't, he's just like, can I go back to bed, please? (laughs) (laughs) Garrus is lazy too, isn't he? Garrus is a pretty sleepy boy. He's a pretty lazy boy. <laughs> He's not lazy at five in the morning. Really small, like a month ago. I swear I saw a picture of you with a small dog. <laughs> um, it, he it's, grew a lot. He's only eight months old. Oh my god! But, You're gonna keep yeah, going. He's, he's a big boy. David, you you just stretch like you did like a, a fucking like <laughs> well, like a straight like deadlift. I did I did an eighty pound deadlift. Oh boy. Oh, amazing! Anyway, this this dog break brought to you by dogs yeah, everywhere. He's, he's he's going outside again. Just head it out. <laughs> amazing, love Under it. The deck. Um, okay, next recommendation, uh, Megan. You've been watching a little cartoon called uh, Avatar: The Last mm. Airbender. Boy, is Avatar good! I know that I'm like the last person in the world to good. watch Avatar recently, but. Oh, it's so good. It's on Netflix. So there's a bit of a resurgence in popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that Legend of Korra, which is kind of the sequel to Avatar, is coming to Netflix soon. So I'm just like waiting desperately for that to uh, to come on Netflix. But yeah, Avatar is great. If you have not seen it, don't be like me and think that it's just a stupid kids American anime because it's far better than that. I'd yeah. say it's better than a lot of anime that I've ever seen. Um, regardless of it being American or Japanese, it's just a fantastic show. Um, so I'd super recommend anyone who's never seen Avatar, just give it a chance. Watch a few episodes. They're short. They're fast. You'll binge five to ten at a time if you're not careful. So Yeah, I, I actually just rewatched this, um, mm. and I, it's it still holds up. Uh, I, I th- yeah. this, this show is so freaking good. Like, the, the character development, the relationships, uh, the redemption arcs. Um, it yeah, doesn't feel like a kid's show. Not entirely. No, yeah, it's it's a kids show in that like you know they don't show blood and people just right. kind of get punched and they it's fine really- and like yeah in that way it's a kids show but it's it's very well written the mm-hmm. character development is great like when you when you look at you know the characters and their abilities at the start of the show like uh, compared to the end of the show like they all do a lot of growth it deals with like like pretty heavy stuff given again that it's like a kid's show and like they don't they don't go like super you know deep into the harsh stuff but like they don't necessarily shy away from it either and and the bad guys are really really good and also well written and Mm -hmm. and sympathetic and yeah it's you know it's just overall very very well made show just start to finish just consistently good so for sure i also recently binge watched it like a month ago and <laughs> it, yeah just it's just Avatar. i yeah. i honestly like i get i kind of get something like new out of it every every time i've watched it i think it's the third time i've watched it i'm just like yeah still good yeah like, still yeah, happy so happy to watch this show yeah it's really really good uh but yeah megan i highly recommend cora after after you finish this it's mm-hmm. it's it's different but i think it's it's equally good in, in its own way mm-hmm. i've heard good things so um okay uh, also, Megan, you've been watching this sh- this show about uh, eating people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I'm in love with watching Hannibal lately. It's so dark. I mean, it's the opposite of Avatar's lighthearted, no bloodiness. It's extremely bloody. Oh. Um, it's 
it's bloody, but it's no, it's just gross. I'm not even going to try to defend it. It's <laughs> it's a dark show. It's bloody, but I absolutely love it. Mads Mikkelsen is kind of like one of my secret man crushes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's a great show. I don't know if either of you have watched it. No, not yet. Um, I, I watched I watched most of oh, it. Right. I, I didn't get through season three yet, but it's yeah, it's it's captivating in a really kind of like grotesque way. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't help but like watch it and be like, it's horrifying. Right. You know, the, the things he does, but it's just like also really intense and like interesting. And so you can't not watch it and kind of be like a little bit drawn to him, which of course is the whole, you know, fear of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but exactly. yeah, it's very good. Right. It's um if if you guys ever saw like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, either the the American one or the the Danish one, um, I get very Girl with the Dragon Tattoo vibes from it. Just like the very ambient, creepy music, the intensity of it, just the dark themes. Um, so I'd say if if you like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and you want more shows kind of in that vein, this is like perfect, right up your alley. Interesting. Um, so basically, if I yeah. want to if I want to be depressed, I should watch this. <laughs> it's not. I don't find it. I don't know if it's depressing. Just, just yeah, like really intense. I don't think it's. I'm not depressing. sad after I watch it. Yeah, okay. I'm. I'm like a little very shocked. intense. Yeah. yeah, like the season There's... two finale. Like I had to just kind of like just sit and have some time. Like right, just damn. <laughs> it it's it's one of like it it has the kind of scenes in it where and, and like without any spoilers, but it has the kind of scenes where like you know what's going to happen ten minutes before it happens, and right. and you're but you just watch it unfold slowly over Mm -hmm. 10 minutes and you're just like you just know where this train's headed and you're like (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and and, but but it's still it's still fascinating to watch and still it's so intense and the and the characters are are uh like it's just overall like very well acted i think Mm. um also the the i think it in season one a lot they they say the phrase uh this is my design uh, a lot as as they kind of try to break down, you know, um, some of the some of the murder scenes. You know, he'll, he'll go through it and he'll be like, "This is my design," and that's how I used to hand my designs at the companies I worked at off to people. I just be like, like a "This is killer? my design." Oh, <laughs> now, did anyone understand the reference you were making, or like one person? Everybody else just thought I was being weird. Man, that David guy is such a weirdo. <laughs> Wow, he's really intense about this, like, very basic gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Just loves mobile games that much. Um, awesome, cool. Uh, I've been meaning to get to Hannibal, so I'll, I'll, on both of your recommendations, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to have to make some time for it. Um, but the series that has uh, really taken up a lot of my time recently is Formula One Drive to Survive. Um, and this is a weird one, because... I don't like sports. I think sports are dumb. Um, <laughs> I, I am not. I am not a big traditional sports person. Um, you know, my first exposure to the sports style documentary was with like Dota Two, and you know, it's it's sort of uh, copycats. You know, like Rainbow Six Siege now does very similar um, documentaries. Um, you know, uh, uh, something like um, oh god, what's the name of of Danny O'Dwyer's project? Um, uh, you know what I'm talking about, David? The the documentaries he does on YouTube? No, I, I don't think I do, actually. Oh, why can't I think of it? But I'm very interested, so if you can remember that name. Um, yeah, I'm going to like panic look it up right now. 
Uh, no clip, no clip uh, is a documentary. Oh, yeah, channel. Okay. yes, yeah, yes, yes, on 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 YouTube that does really great game documentaries. So, anyways, the the, the sports documentary style isn't new, right? And it, it has been adapted to esports, and that's sort of where I, where I learned about it. Um, but with the hype around Michael Jordan's The Last Dance <clears throat> on Netflix, I think everyone and their dog that grew up in the '90s probably watched that that series, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Sort of being being caught up in the hype as a kid for. Um, the Chicago Bulls and not necessarily knowing a lot of the details because I was so young and I didn't necessarily know about all the drama that was happening sort of on and off court. Watching that documentary, uh, you know, just like a a couple months ago was really, really entertaining and really eye-opening and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I also found when I was watching it, I'm like, this is just a good thing to chill out with at the end of the night, just decompress and watch, watch this sports drama. It's, it's great. I love it. Um, Plus there's some cool music, some good dunks. And I was looking for, for something to replace that after I finished. And I heard good things about Formula One Drive to Survive. I don't even know how this got into my head. Uh, but I started watching it and I'm fucking obsessed. Formula One is a, is a sport that I don't think I would normally watch in my free time. And not necessarily knowing a lot about the sport, it is fascinating. Just like... The only thing I really knew was like, oh, they, 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 they don't have like car specs like in NASCAR where all the cars have to be fairly standard. Um, uh-huh. You know, in Formula One, you could just dump a ton of money and research into a car and just literally make it better than your competitors. Um, so it has been a good sports documentary. It has been a, it, it is fascinating just sort of seeing like these cars that are basically spaceships on the ground and these drivers that are all like, 18 20 years old super cocky just like ramming these like multi-million dollar machines into each other uh trying to like eke out a place ahead of each other um plus the politics about like the teams mm-hmm. the drivers all that stuff is, is just like really really fascinating and uh i i don't know it's 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 sort of like uh like 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 a really sugary treat like i can't get enough of it and um I'm I'm very excited. There's two seasons on Netflix and I highly recommend people check it out. Again, even if you're not into sports, even if you're not into racing, um I so some they have such cool shots and so many they have everyone mic'd up so like if a car go, like uh gets wrecked or if a driver makes a mistake, you'll hear like the team principals being like this fucking idiot. I'm going to fire this piece of shit and like they're just like popping off. And so the emotions are really high, the stakes are really high. Um and there are some really, really cool shots up from like the cockpit. Sometimes they'll just like hold a shot from the cockpit for a very long time. And it is mesmerizing and almost like you almost get like vertigo watching from like the, the cockpit of, of these cars as they're going through the tracks. And these cars are so fucking fast and the crashes are wild that there's so much money. It's like the perfect example of like, um, capitalism i guess because like all all these all these teams are like pumping so much money into the sport and like people are like this one driver at one point is just like oh yeah i have a place in monaco and i was just like who says that who who says they have a place in monaco yeah exactly so um it's it's a very fascinating look into a world that i know nothing about and i'm 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 totally addicted to it so that is my recommendation for this week um i gotta check that out yeah for sure. Um, I, uh, I, yeah, I used to follow. Sorry, I totally interrupted you. No, go um, ahead. I used to watch a lot of Formula One, like in the early 2010s era. Um, so I was just like looking over the wiki of this, and it looks like a lot of the drivers are still in it. Mm-hmm. 
because I think they cover like the 2018, 2019 season. So it's like, oh, I recognize some names in here. Like, and yes, yeah, I don't care about sports and I definitely don't care about race cars, but just the drama of the teams and the different yeah. like mm-hmm. driver personalities. That was why I liked it in the first place. So I gotta check this out. You, you have tonight. to watch this then. You have to watch <laughs> I, this then. But like, like I got into it, you know, I had my yeah. favorite drivers and my favorite cars and yeah, it's, 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 I think it'll scratch the right itch. Uh, the okay. the thing is, is like I don't like racing or racing games, but watching mm-hmm. this this show, I went and put oh, the no. F F one twenty twenty game on my Steam wish list, and I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to play this. I'm going to know if I'm going to like it, but I, I, this yeah, show is great. It's, I was, it's, it's, I was it's about to say, decisions. John, I bet you could play Forza on Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> and just pretend but it's on there yeah that's 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 true that's true um anyways folks i think that's where we're going to sort of uh start to wrap things up so uh thank you for hanging out with us if you want to discuss the podcast or weigh in on the news uh a great place to do that is the podcast discussion channel in the shelf games discord and the link for that is in the show notes in the video notes check that out uh we're, we're also going to post all the links to the stories that we talked about today in the discord uh you can send us email shelvegames at gmail.com uh, and of course, we do the show uh, now live every Monday at uh, around 6, 6.30 Pacific time, uh, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, and of course, you can find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe on your platform of choice. Leave us a uh, thumbs up or a rating if you can. That really helps us out. But the best way to support the show is by telling your friends. Uh, you can follow us at Shelf Games. I'm at John underscore tab. And, uh, of course, you can find us YouTube, Twitch. Just search for Shelf Games. And music for the show is by Zed Ion. Um, David, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at dsmilne.com, uh, which has links to most of my social accounts and uh, some of the work I've done as a game designer. You know, all of my designs. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, which... But Instagram is like davidmlin.com, which is going to be um, mostly pictures of Garrus. So if that's the thing that you're into. Amazing. Um, which is far more far more interesting to look at his face than mine. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Megan, what about you? Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Megan underscore Thaler. If you don't know how to spell that, just go to the Steel Series blog. You can find my shit there. Um, constantly publishing stuff for that blog so yeah check out the steel series blog we're always doing good things john writes for us sometimes sometimes um <laughs> any, any, anything new and exciting coming from steel series that you can talk about uh we have a lot of stuff coming i don't know if i should say more than that but there's a lot coming and i'm super excited Amazing. for this year um uh, very exciting stuff i think we're a bunch of steel series shills not just because apparently we, have, we got look at this i, I was about to say david's got, yeah. got his arctic you're seven not zone. wearing your seven i got i got the i got the mouse Ooh, nice <laughs> i have a bit of a secret mouse i'm not going to pick up here but it's it's going to be an exciting year i, I had to reach over and get mine as well here we go there we go now we're all wearing arctic sevens <laughs> nice shills <laughs> it's a great headset i can pee while i'm in discord that's all i've ever wanted in life that's that's the best review it's like can you pee while wearing this headset um amazing <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, thank you everyone uh, for joining us for this live episode uh, this was a lot of fun and thankfully no video issues this week so Yay. terrific 
Um, so thank you, Megan. Thank you, David, for joining me. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, and folks, if you missed anything, of course, you can catch this. Uh, you can catch the VOD on YouTube, on Twitch. We'll be posting that stuff later tonight. Uh, so thanks, everyone. And uh, until next time, uh, go and grab a game off the shelf because you never know what you're going to find. See you later. Bye. Uh...